Welcome to the Weekly Word from St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Farmersville, Ohio. Welcome to everyone to worship on this Reformation Sunday and a special welcome to all of our visitors and guests who are here with us this morning, as well as to everyone joining us by video and podcast. We rejoice with Ralph and Renee Holland at, their birth, at the birth of their new granddaughter, Ivy Louise. We, we, pray, we pray for God's blessing upon Ivy Louise and welcome her into the world, as well as congratulate Ralph and Renee. Following today's service, we will have a final planning meeting for our fall dinner. Everyone who is interested is invited to attend. Once more on All Saints Sunday, next week, November 5th, we will be having a slideshow of our faithful departed church and family members. If there is someone you would like to have included in the slideshow, please feel free to submit a photo either to the church office or to the church's email address listed in your bulletin. Spread the word about the DeMac concert and youth lock-in coming up on Saturday, November 11th at 4 o'clock p.m. 
Please let me know if you will be staying for the lock-in so we know how much pizza to order. Also, please let me know if you, will, if you will be able to participate in Youth Sunday the next day so I can begin assigning parts. We are also in need of a female chaperone. If you are interested, please talk to me. Our annual congregational business meeting is scheduled for Sunday, November 12th, following the worship service. All confirmed voting members, including those who have been confirmed or who have joined in the last few years, are invited to attend. Absentee ballots are available from any of the trustees. Uh, copies of the proposed budget are also available on the back table here in the sanctuary. Our in-gathering Sunday will be on November 19th this year. We are currently collecting and keeping all non-perishable food and personal items for display here at the church for that day, and then donating all items to camp. Camp is once more distributing boxes of extra food and personal items for Christmas this year. Starting today, in order to make sure that everyone has what they need to enjoy the holiday, our church family has been asked to provide 100 boxes of brownie mix for the Christmas boxes. Also, we are invited to collect and contribute men's size socks and gloves. All items are due at the church by Sunday, November 26. Boxes will be packed at camp on Monday, November 27th at 10 o'clock a.m. Volunteers are needed to help with packing. Please feel free to come to camp that morning if you are able to help. The other announcements I leave to your own reading. Are there any other announcements for this morning? Let us begin with prayer. O Lord, our Maker, Redeemer, and Comforter, we are assembled in your presence to hear your holy word. We ask you to open our hearts by your Holy Spirit, that through the preaching of your word we may be taught to repent of our sins, to believe on Jesus in life and death, and to grow day by day in grace and holiness. Hear us for Christ's sake. Amen.
Lord reigns. Let the earth be glad. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. You, O Lord, are the most high over the whole earth. Fill this hour of worship with your light. We praise God's holy name as we stand in his house. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, gracious Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit upon your faithful people. Keep them steadfast in your word. Protect and comfort them in all temptations. Defend them against all their enemies. And bestow on the church your saving peace. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. At this time, we'll have our children's message, and we invite the children to come forward. Just remember, God loves 
Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 8th chapter, beginning at the 31st verse. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters, grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we do every year on the Sunday closest to Halloween, we celebrate Reformation Sunday, on which we traditionally remember Martin Luther nailing the 95 Theses to the door of the Castle Church in Wittenberg, Germany, on October 31, 1517, protesting against the sale of indulgences and demonstrating why those, along with many other teachings and practices of the Church of his time, were against the actual teachings of the Bible. In response, the church kicked him out for contradicting its teachings, and so he and his followers started a movement to reform the church, to bring it back to the original teachings and practices of the New Testament, a movement of which we are heirs today. However, I'm going to switch things up a little bit and tell you all that today is actually not about Martin Luther, it's about Abraham Lincoln. What? Okay, you're probably saying, and... Just like if many of you have probably asked every week for the past six and a half years. Where are you going with things this time, Pastor John? Hear me out. In the 1970s, a historian was traveling around Illinois recording folk history. Several people in the countryside had told him about a certain farm family who, were, who supposedly were in possession of the, of the axe Abraham Lincoln had used as a young man for splitting logs, which he had done for a living before becoming a lawyer and eventually president. The historian searched and soon found the family and their farm. He found the farmer in his yard splitting wood for the fireplace and asked the farmer if he did indeed have Lincoln's ass. Yep, the farmer said, it's true. Abe Lincoln lived around these parts as a young man and he worked for a while splitting wood for my great grandpa. It happened my great grandpa bought a new ax for a peddler the day before Abe Lincoln came to work for him and he gave it to him for free. We've kept it ever since. Well, said the historian, that's definitely a great historical treasure, and it ought to be in a museum. Would you mind going into the house and bringing it out so I can see it? Oh, we know it's important, said the farmer. I take it to the school from time to time to tell the kids about it and Lincoln. It kind of makes it real for them, you know. But I don't have to go into the house. I've got it right here. The historian looked horrified and blurted out, uh, you mean you're actually using it right now? Sure thing, the farmer said. An axe is meant to be used. The historian looked over the axe carefully. I must say your family seems to have taken really good care of it. Of course, the farmer said. We know we're protecting history. Why, we've replaced the handle twice and the head once. <laughs> now again, hear me out. In many ways, whether we realize it or not, we may think that the church is like Lincoln's axe. We tend to assume that the church has always been the way it was when we were growing up 
or when we joined. But the reality is, as in the days of Martin Luther and afterwards, the church has always adapted both to meet the needs and the times and culture, as well as to rediscover and re-implement the teachings and practices of the Bible. The times have changed, and we have always changed with the times. In my first parish in Minnesota 20 years ago, many of the older people remember what, remembered when the worship service was in Norwegian. They also remembered when communion was served only four times a year. Before you took communion, you had to go to the parsonage on Saturday night to confess your sins to the pastor in order to receive communion. In many other places, going to the service of confession and absolution the night before communion was the requirement. It was previously normal for the pastor to do everything in the worship service, even the readings. And he, because it's happened to be a he so far here, always wore a black robe. The pastor in many places was also viewed as being the unchallengeable authority in all matters. Many of the worship services in this area were once in German and eventually switched over to English. But even then, King James English was used up until the late 70s, early 80s. In some churches, only boys were allowed to serve as acolytes. It was once considered unthinkable to have any instrument other than the organ in worship or to use PowerPoint for singing. Furthermore, it was previously unthinkable to use any other music than what was in whatever hymnal was being used at the time. And yet, here we are. We have always adapted to address the times, and if we are to continue to exist as a church family, it will be necessary for us to continue to do so. There are, of course, certain things which we believe, teach, and practice as a church family which are definitely non-negotiable. We believe that there is only one God. We unashamedly call God Father and refer to God in each of the persons of the Trinity with male pronouns. We baptize both infants and adult converts with water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As mentioned last week, confession of the Apostles' Creed is our main requirement for, being, for both being confirmed and joining the congregation. The ultimate source for all our teaching is the Bible, as explained by the Oxford Confession and Luther's Small Catechism. And both the Bible and the, and the Small Catechism are our main sources for te of teaching for First Communion and Confirmation in particular. We believe that regular participation in the sacraments of baptism and Holy Communion is indispensable and necessary for living a full Christian life and, and, living a, and a living, vibrant relationship with God. We, we further believe that in Holy Communion, we receive the true body and blood of Jesus. We also invite other baptized Christians to receive communion with us, which is itself a change from previous practice. We practice simple, orderly worship, but are free to use elements which reflect the culture of our time. These are all things which we take as being necessary to maintain our distinct identity. Even so, we hold that our heritage and beliefs do not in any way make us superior to other Christians, but instead provide common ground with other Christians to enable us to work together to carry out our mission faithfully in cooperation with each other. Being part of LCMC also means that we believe that there is no higher spiritual authority in the congregation or in the wider church than Jesus himself. There is no hierarchy over our congregation, and each congregation is meant to be free and independent, to establish its own identity and carry out its own mission in its own unique way that is relevant to its local context, which again, we do in full cooperation with other Christian churches in our community. 
On the other hand, being who we are means that we are free to be faithful. But being faithful means more than just simply holding on to certain teachings and practices. It means faithful to being ourselves and who we are, and faithful to what God has called us to be. Being the kind of church family we are also means that we allow for freedom of conscience on many matters, with our goal being living in peace and harmony with each other and maintaining fellowship among ourselves to be able to welcome many others into our fellowship and family. This also means that we allow each other to be who we are and at the same time affirm our own unique and individual identities while also growing and maturing in our relationship with God in our own ways to become more like him. This is what it means, as Deborah read for us just a few moments ago, God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah, where he says, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. It means that God is, that, that God is causing us to become more like him. This is part of what it means to be faithful. Not that we are all molded to become exactly the same in belief, thought, action, life, or habit, but that we are faithful to who God has made us to be and who he is helping us to become. If we allow each other and encourage each other to be faithful to the path God is having us walk in order to grow deeper in our relationship with him, then we are, faith then we are being faithful to who we are as a church family. We can also walk with each other in each of our journeys and learn from each other, especially through Bible study, prayer, and encouraging conversation. We are also free to think outside the box when it comes to our own personal spirituality, devotions, and relationship with God. This means we are also free to think outside the box when it comes to being faithful to who we really are and what we are really here for, to take what we have outside of our walls, our box, if you will, and out to our friends and neighbors, it is time for us to move beyond simply maintaining our identity and teachings and, like Abe Lincoln's acts, to actually use what we have to show God's love, comfort, help, and assurance to other people. We are to proclaim the good news, the good news that in Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven, God loves us, and we are destined for eternal life. That God has given this to us freely as a gift, not because of anything we have done, but because of everything he has done, and that he offers this gift freely to everyone who will accept it. <clears throat> it is also time for us to, for, to move beyond simply holding on to what we believe and using it to proclaim a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior as being the best kind of life and the promise of eternal life. The moment for us to become faithful again is now, to become faithful once again to our true mission. We are also at a moment where we are free to imagine new ways to reach out to people, both inside and outside of our worship service, beyond what we have traditionally been doing, and to learn from other Christians, even other churches, what can be effective in reaching out. While we cannot, nor should we, compromise on our understanding of the certain things we've just talked about, we can still allow ourselves plenty of room to be able to fellowship with other Christians, to be able to be encouraged, strengthened, and even enlightened by each other. So now it's time for us, like Abe Lincoln's acts, 
no longer simply to try to preserve what we have, but to use it for a practical purpose. And when we do so, we will truly be faithful to what God wants for us. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
And now together let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated for our senior choir anthem.
you to our choir. At this time, we, we will receive the offering. We wish to let our visitors and guests know that you are under no obligation to give. This service is our gift to you. power of the Spirit, let us pray to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ for the world, the church, and one another. Heavenly Father, thank you for the precious pearl of great price, the gospel of salvation. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon your church. Make it your holy habitation. Keep it steadfast in your word. Bestow on it your saving peace. Keep our faith warm and pure for the life-giving fire of your most holy spirit. Lord, in your mercy. Graciously protect and guide the people of this congregation, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Gladden our hearts with the joy of your saving love. Let our lives overflow with the gifts of your Holy Spirit. Use us to refresh, nourish, instruct, and invite our neighbors into your presence. Lord, in your mercy. We long for you to break the bow, shatter the spear, and make war to cease throughout the world. Until that day, please strengthen, protect, and guide all who risk their life in our behalf. Be their very present help in times of trouble. Let all they do be in service to your will. Bring them home safely and soon. Lord, in your mercy. God of peace, we pray for the people of Lewiston, Maine, after the tragedy that, has, that unfolded there this past week. We pray for all those involved in the investigation, for all those who lost loved ones in the shooting. And we, pray for, and we pray for an end to violence and an end to hatred in our lifetime. Lord, in your mercy. 
Exalt yourself among the nations and speak your word to the leaders of the world. Establish among us that peace which the world cannot give. Teach us to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly before you. Lord, in your mercy. We lift before you all who are shaken by suffering of body or soul. Restore them to health and hope. Let them proclaim the awesome things you have done. Be in their midst, let them not be overthrown, and bring them to your saving help. We especially pray for all those whom we name silently in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy. Holy Father, thank you for the lives of all, of all whom you have redeemed through the precious blood of your dear Son. Grant that we may humbly follow in their footsteps, boldly trust in your promises, faithfully live in your word, and cheerfully serve in your name. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
To subscribe to the Weekly Word, please visit your favorite podcast provider. May God bless you now and all.